Good morning. It's great to have you worshiping with us here at Faith Bible Church. Excited to have you. A couple of days ago, I had the opportunity to wake up early in the morning and had a wonderful hike. The interesting fact was, was this hike was over in Europe. I was hiking, essentially, along a trail that we'll see in a moment near the Matterhorn. Had a wonderful time doing so, enjoyed my hike, felt that it was very good. And interestingly enough, later that afternoon, I was so encouraged in my hiking that I actually was over in Durango, Colorado, hiking in those mountains as well. It was a beautiful time experiencing the San Juan Mountains, the blessings of all that was there, enjoyed those opportunities, and to be honest with you, couldn't believe that I could essentially be in Europe in the morning and in Durango, Colorado in the afternoon. Now some of you are probably looking and wondering, I can see some questions on your eyes as to what am I talking about? How is this possible? What was he doing? Some of you are wondering if we have some secret hidden jet that's ultra supersonic that enables me to be in these places in a short period of time. But what I'm going to reveal to you is simply this. What I was doing was I was on our treadmill using an application that allows me to essentially walk on a trail in Europe and the treadmill goes up and down. And then I was on another application walking on that treadmill going through the mountains of Durango. Why am I talking about this? Well, what I want to do this morning is talk to you about the fact that several of us have this desire to be in multiple places at once, or what we call multitasking. And interestingly enough, ironically enough, in our lives, with the advancement of technology, that is becoming increasingly possible. But what I want to talk to you this morning about is an important factor that I think we need to remember and recognize and that I pray as we discover about who God is, it will not only encourage our hearts in those moments of hardship, but it will also challenge our hearts to recognize that God is present with us, always, everywhere. So this morning, we're going to ask a very simple question, and that is this. Why is it important to know that God is everywhere all the time? Over the past several weeks, we've been traveling through this series, discovering different attributes of God. And the prayer that I've had for all of us is that as we either discover these for the first time, or as we're reminded of these again, that each of these attributes will remind us indeed how great our God is. But not only that, it will draw our hearts to a deeper sense of awe, and worship when we recognize what we have been given through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What I want to say this morning as we were sort of talking about my hiking ability is this. I think that we would all recognize that in our hearts we have a desire to multitask and or be present in multiple places at the same time. Would anyone speak to that? How many of you are multitasking throughout your day? How many of you have multi-things going on? How many of you have ever said, in fact, on Friday, I said this multiple times, I wish there were about four of me today, right? Interestingly enough, we discover this idea that we try to be present in multiple places. But I want to ask you a quick question. How's that going for you? I think we're too busy. 
I think oftentimes in this multitasking world, what we're doing is actually we're, we're uh, having a challenge to essentially be here now, to be present in the moment, to be among individuals whom we need to be with. And while we have this desire to multitask and or be present in multiple places at the same time, it can become challenging for us. Interestingly enough, Jen Wilkin in her books, None Like Him, Ten Ways God is Different Than Us, says this, business can be transacted electronically with no geographic constraints. Forming and maintaining relationships no longer has to happen face to face. It happens as easily as joining Facebook or LinkedIn. So many of our technological advances have targeted diminishing the limits of the one place boundary of humankind. We eagerly await Unbound 2.0 and 3.0, wondering what new advance will free us even further from the tyranny of our physical bodies. As technology continues to move forward, one of the things that I think is interesting is we are continuing to create these manners where we can be present somewhere else, yet we're actually in our room. How many of you have laughed at those individuals that have the big goggles on them and they're swinging away like this, doing their thing, and they're completely in a different world? Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad, but what I am saying is, is as technology moves forward, what we're trying to do is create an aspect of what we would call omnipresence. And lovely, what I'm going to tell you is, is that the only individual, the only individual thing or person that is omnipresent is God. And we're going to discover that as we travel through Scripture. And as we discover that fact, I also want to encourage us that when we recognize God's omnipresent, that should cause us to do a couple of things. Number one, it should bring great peace, rest, and comfort to our hearts in times of challenge and difficulty. But also in a moment, we're going to discover that it should be very convicting to us in how we go about living our lives and what we do behind closed doors. You see, we have a desire to multitask and or be present in multiple places at the same time. But also, what we're going to see, and I've just stated, is that as humans, we cannot be fully present at more than one place at a time. Let me give you an example. It's been very interesting over the last couple of months as Noah has been growing into his three-year-old stage. The simplest way to put it is this. For the past couple of years, Kelly and I have been able to essentially set the little guy in between us. He just kind of does his thing, and Kelly and I can have conversation. So Noah is present with us. He's doing his little things. However, the challenge is this. As he has now engaged in being able to communicate, Noah doesn't let Kelly and I kind of talk to one another. He's like, hey, I'm here. Stop talking. Talk to me. And interestingly enough, what is going on there is, is we're recognizing that we can't be fully present at the same time. I can be fully present with Kelly, but I'm denying Noah. Or I can be fully present with Noah, but I'm denying Kelly. And interestingly enough, that can fall into how we view God. 
How many of you have gone through something challenging in your life where you've wondered where God is? How many of you have felt that God has abandoned you? How many of you have felt sometimes, well, maybe God was there, but as we look back into that movie, Bruce Almighty, we realize, oh man, God must be so busy. He's answering like nine million prayer requests. So he probably got mine, but I don't know if he fully understood it or if he's really able to comprehend what's going on in my life right now. He's just got a million things happening. And then what we do is, is we fall into this trap and we say, well, God's probably too busy to listen to me, to listen to my hurts, my, my desires my challenges, etc. Sometimes in wanting to be fully present, we begin to think that God cannot be fully present in our lives. And that cannot be anything but a lie. One of the things too that Jen Wilkins says is this, it's important for us to do a reality check every now and then regarding what we're asking our makeshift omnipresence to give us. Because no matter how advanced we become, we can never be everywhere fully present. I'm going to stop there for a minute because those three words are huge. Everywhere fully present. We can't even be fully present in two places simultaneously. Our attention will necessarily be divided, case in point, as I talked about Kelly and I and Noah. And so one of the things that I want to challenge us this morning is that as our world continues to try to move to this idea of multitasking, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, that we be careful to recognize that we as humans aren't created to be everywhere all of the time. And first and foremost, what I want to say is this. Sometimes we try to be everywhere all of the time to the detriment of being fully present now. I'm going to just say this for a minute, and I'm all about Facebook. I love it. I'm just going to get on the podium for one moment. How many times do we see individuals in a beautiful spot, in a beautiful place, in a gorgeous area that God has created for them to go in and explore and experience? And what they do is they pop out of the car, shoot a photo, bop it on Facebook and say, look at where I am, and then off they go somewhere else because they're multitasking. Friends, we're created to enjoy creation. We're created to be fully present in the moment. Sometimes we just need to slow down. Sometimes we need to let God speak to us in our lives. The other thing, too, that I want to tell you is this, is while we want to or aspire to be multitaskers or what we would say is omnipresent, the reality is this, that we worship a God who is fully present in all places at all times. If you would turn with me, we're going to take just a brief look at a passage in Jeremiah. And this is what it says. We're discovering that God is speaking, and he is speaking to his people, and he says simply this, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. 
This brief statement is essentially an aspect of God's omnipresence. The fact that God can be everywhere, fully present, all of the time. That is an attribute of God that we need to recognize and be able to worship, but also to be reminded of in those times where we feel like God has either abandoned us or that God is too busy for us to hear our requests. I want to take a moment, and I just want to look over this passage with you. First and foremost, God says, Am I only a God nearby? Am I only a God who can sort of take care of the small things? Am I only a God who can take care of today? And then he continues on and he says, am I not a God of far away? It's an interesting aspect because what we're seeing here is not only that God is present in both situations, but it's also demonstrating to us in finite realities the aspect of God's fullness being present everywhere. And so friends, what we need to see is this. He says, hey, am I not only a God nearby, but I'm also a God of far away? Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that there's no place that we can go that God is not. But watch this for a minute. Then it says, can anyone hide in the secret places so that I cannot see him? We're going to talk about this in a minute. Friends, I'm just going to start off by saying this. I find it very interesting that oftentimes what we do is is we come to church and we clean ourselves up. And the moment that we get into the parking lot, we kind of stop whatever it is that we're doing. We move forward and we present ourselves as holy and righteous. We get through service, we do our thing, and then we turn around, we get into the parking lot, and we check God at the door. And we think that God doesn't see us. We think we can go to those secret places. We think that we can hide somewhere where God cannot reach us. And so we think, lovingly, that we can get away with things. Well, if God is fully present, always, everywhere, there are no secret places that we can go and hide. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But also, what I want to show you is this. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. This is a small statement, but it is huge in the aspect of God being omnipresent or fully present, always, everywhere. God throws out essentially a rhetorical question, and the answer is simply yes, he does. But think through this for a minute. If God fills fully 100% both heaven and earth, that is a declarative statement that God is what? Omnipresent. Always, everywhere. And so for that, what I'd like to show you is this. We look at this, and Jen Will continues on. She says this, God who is spirit is able to be everywhere, fully present. We capture this idea by attaining the, or attaching the prefix omni to the word presence. Omni literally means all. But the easiest way to read it is to substitute limitless in its place. God is omnipresent. 
limitlessly present. No physical body limits him to a particular place. Why is that important? What does that do for us? What does that mean for us this morning? Now, first and foremost, it's important for us to recognize that God is omnipresent, that he's fully present always, everywhere. And so that's a good thing. We can go out and we can tell people, hey, God is present everywhere, always. But what does that do to our hearts? What does that do to us on a daily basis? Why is this important for us to know? And that's the next aspect where I want to take you. Recognizing or understanding that God is omnipresent. In his omnipresence, it should bring peace and rest and comfort to our souls. I go back and I ask you in those moments where you've gone through something challenging, when you've gone through something difficult, maybe when you've planned something the way that you want it to go and it doesn't go the way that you think it should, what's your first response? We say it all the time. Where is God? Where was he in those moments? What was God doing? Did he forget me? Did he leave me? Did he forsake me? Did he just get too busy that only 30% of him could deal with my situation and he was multitasking so I kind of got the second best of God? Or did God say, you know what, hey, I'm just too busy right now. I need to send somebody else. Why don't you go, angel, and figure this out? Because I just don't have time to be present with insert yourself in the situation that you're in today. I want to take a minute, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to read Psalm 139. It's a beautiful psalm. I'm going to read just a couple of verses out of there, and I hope and pray that as I do, you're going to continue to discover the fact that in God being fully present, always everywhere, it can bring great peace, rest, and comfort to our souls. Essentially, the psalmist is writing, it's uh, a psalm of David, and he's talking about how he has been created by God the joy that he has in being his creation. But then as he turns, he says in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? It's a question. Where can I go from your spirit? Is there somewhere that I can find or that I could be or that I could get to where you're not there? Now, he's not necessarily trying to hide from God. He's just asking that question. Is there a spot in this world, is there a place where, sure, you love me here, you love me in this church, but when I go into that sin-ridden place, when I go to that place that doesn't appear to be holy, do you check yourself at the door and leave me and say, I'm not going in there? Where can I flee from your presence? It's a good question, isn't it? And then he answers it, and he says, well, if I go up to the heavens, if I were to get there, you're there. How many of us, watch this, if I go to the heavens, you're there, an awe-inspiring, God-awesome moment. We were at this concert. It was great. There was worship music. People were just being wonderful. People were praising God. Surely the presence of the Lord was there. 
But then as I drive home, I got in a car accident, and I was hurt, and I was in the hospital, and God wasn't there. See how we work? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. But then he continues on. If I make my bed in the depths. Friends, don't miss this point. You are there. When has your bed been made in the depths? When have you cried out and said, God, where are you? I do it all the time. I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this. I see it all the time in our worship. We talk about these awe-inspiring moments, these mountaintop experiences, which are wonderful. I'm not saying that they're not. We talk about the times of, oh, this happened, and surely God was there. But friends, God is not more there in those moments than he is in those tragic moments of our lives where we wonder where God is or was. And better yet, God is there in the mundane. God is there in the mundane aspect of life, in the day-to-day rigmarole that we all go through. And so friends, one of the things that I want to show you is this. It's good to go and have those opportunities to draw closer to God. But what I want to tell you is this. God is always close to you. If I go up into the heavens, God, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. That should bring great peace, rest, and comfort to us as we go about our lives. If I rise up on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Again, we've talked about this earlier, that individuals trying to describe the honest of God, the infiniteness of God, can only use what? Temporal limits to try to re-describe the absolute limitlessness of who God is. Or the absolute fact that God is fully present everywhere, always. Interestingly enough, friends, sometimes we say God must be more present in the good times than in the bad. But what I want to read to you is Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How often do we go through that psalm so quickly? How often is that psalm used in those moments at either a funeral service or a celebration of life? Which is wonderful, but it can also be used right here, right now, today. Some of you right now might be feeling like you are going through the valley of the shadow of death. And what I want to tell you is this. God has not checked you at the door. God has not said, there's the valley. Good luck. Let me know when you get through it. I'll be there on the other side. 
go do it on your own. He walks with you. He's there with you every moment, fully present all of the time. I find this so interesting in my life as a pastor. Because I can say that there have been many times where I've had to go through gut-wrenching situations with people. I've received phone calls, obviously, of an early death of an infant child. I've received phone calls of someone who has been lost in a tragic accident. I've received phone calls of individuals who were just doing fine one day, and the next thing you know, they're gone. You receive phone calls of some of the tragedies that are occurring around the world. And I'm not up here trying to have you say, you know, oh, woe is Trevor. That's not the point of this. But at times, it can cause someone to say, God, where are you? What were you doing? Did you drop the ball? Did you miss that point? And interesting enough, what I'm reminded of is, is that God is fully present in all of these situations. God is fully there. And as hard as they are, we live in a broken world that is full of sin. But yet we have and worship a God who is fully present with us and has redeemed us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's where we're reminded. And that's where we know that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The never is backed up by the fact that God is fully present always everywhere. And so it's not just a half uh, statement. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, P.S. caveat, check down here with the asterisks that it's really only on Tuesdays from 5 to 5.30, but the other days I'm busy and I can't be there with you. There's no hiddenness with that with God. And in those moments, one of the things that I think is important, and pastors talk about this aspect, is called the ministry of presence. It's just a ministry of presence. I guarantee you that in those moments, nobody remembers what I say. Now, it's important, but nobody's going to come back to me and say, hey, Trevor, you know, when I was going through that tragedy, I remember exactly what you said word for word. What do they remember? I remember that I was there, just being present with them. But also what I want to tell you is this. Friends, remember that God is always present with you. Jen Wilkin talks about this. She says, this is the idea called the ministry of presence, and God, God is perfect at it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And she's essentially quoting out of Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. When tragedy comes, whether we battle sin or sorrow, we never face those foes alone. His spirit which hems us in behind and before also indwells us. He is all around us, and he is in us. That's such a profound statement. 
Because when we worship the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're reminded indeed that God is all around us and within us as he indwells us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He hems us in behind and before. There is no place that you can go where God is more present than not. Interestingly enough, I think it's very uh, interesting in the fact that what do we do sometimes? We tend to think that God is what? More present here in the church than he is out there. It's not true. Now, God is present because we are the church. We've gathered together. But this ground is no more holy. God is no more or no less present than he is here than he is in the room of the individual who is struggling with sin and does not feel worthy to go and worship God. God is fully there, desiring a relationship with that individual, wanting to know that individual, fully present in their life. God is fully present when you watch your children come forward and speak about God. God is also fully present when you watch your children struggle with their identity in Christ. Each of those are good reminders of the power and the presence of who God is. It is the good, it is the bad, and it is in the in-between of which God is fully and will always be present in our lives. So the first thing that I want you to recognize in this is that in those moments where you feel abandoned, in those moments where you feel like God might not be there, in those moments when you are crying out to him, wondering if he's busy or he has left you, God is right there. God is always there. And lovingly, what I tell you is this. His presence is fully there. Is your presence fully there? <clears throat> Friends, God is there because he loves us and he cares for us. But the other side of this that I want to speak to you is this. I remember a time that... Uh, was living and an uh, individual had shot a deer, it struck our car, we were trying to find who this person was. And so the next thing you know, we come across this individual and he has found the deer, it's on the ground, he's like way you know, up as high as he can be in the body cavity. We walk up and simply, the simplest way to put it is, is you know, I hear just about every word possible that is not repeatable in church, right? Next thing you know, pops out, sees who I am, and you'd be really interested how quick that person's countenance and conversation changed. Oh, Pastor Trevor, how are you? Just a wonderful day in the woods. We're gutting a deer here. How have you been? What's going on? And I'm looking like, dude, number one, I don't care. Number two, don't worry about changing yourself for me. I'm not the one who you have to impress. But I'm wise enough to know that we all do that, don't we? 
We all put on our best in front of other people, and then we think that as we check our hands at the door, we can go off and live our life how we want, where we want, and where we want to do it. But what I'm going to tell you is simply this, and this is my next point. Just remember, just remember, while I can't be present everywhere, God sees all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Think about that for a minute. We all like to look good in front of other people. But our true worship of God, when we recognize that he is fully present, is that we should be the same as we are in church as we are at home. Imperfect individuals who love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who are saved by grace through faith. We shouldn't be different here than we are there. I want to show this to you for a moment, and I hope and pray that this will encourage, but also challenge your heart. The fact that God is witness to every foible in sin, public and private, should inspire us to vigilance. It should elicit from us confession and repentance. The fact that he sees all Yet against all expectation, stands ready to forgive, should awaken a gratitude of the deepest kind, a desire to be the same person in public that we are behind closed door, a person who thinks, acts, and speaks as one who fears the Lord, a person who understands that the limitless presence of God leaves no allowance for life of practical atheism professing that an omnipresent God exists, and then living as if he does not. Friends, what a challenging statement. What a convicting statement in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about being legalistic. I'm not saying that you all have to look like me, talk like me, and act like me. I'm saying be who you are created to be in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But what I am saying is this. God is not fooled by someone who comes to church and looks good in front of church people, and then as they leave, they check God at the door thinking that God doesn't see their hidden lives. Now with that, that should be convicting. That should be challenging. That should cause us to say, there is no place that I can go and hide from your presence. So in those ugly moments, in those broken moments, in those moments where you think you're getting away with your sin, Guess what? You're not. Because God sees all. So that should be convicting. That should challenge us to a point where we're willing to be repentant and say, God, forgive me. But I'm also going to tell you this. I guarantee you that all of us will leave here today and between now and next Sunday, we will not lead perfect lives. And this is the other side of that. In those moments when we do see sin, as we see in Jen Wilkins' statement, God is there, ready, wanting, and willing to forgive. He wants us to be with him. 
He wants to draw us closer to him. Think of it this way. When in your most ugly moment, because we all have them or have had them, where you're hidden in shame, where you don't want other people to know, does it bring comfort to your heart and to your soul to know that God is there? And he says, I see it. I know it. I'm fully present in it with you watching it. But I love you and you are mine, my son or my daughter. Come to me. And when you go to him and say, forgive me, what does God do? He casts that sin as far as the east is from the west, and you are his. That's why we worship God. That's the reason that his heart and his love draws us to him. So friends, what I'll tell you is this. Remember, I can't be present everywhere, and I'm glad that I don't have to be present everywhere. But also, lovingly, God sees it all. He sees all of the good, all of the bad, and all of the ugly. And in that, that should draw our hearts to a heart of repentance and confession. It should cause us to want to live our lives in a manner that is pleasing for him. But the reason that it should cause us to want to live our lives in a manner that is pleasing with him is because in those moments, God wants to be, is, fully present with us always, everywhere, and loves us through his son, Jesus Christ, of which we've placed our faith and trust in him and now have the inheritance given and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. God loves no more or no less in the lovable moments and in the unlovable moments of our lives because he is fully present always everywhere take home truth I want to leave you with this I want to wrap up simply this if you don't remember anything from the message this is what I want you to be encouraged by knowing that God is omnipresent should bring brings peace rest and comfort to our souls in those hard times in those hard moments in those moments where we feel abandoned but it also should convict as well as encourage us to want to live fully in his presence. God, I want to be near you. I want to be with you. I want my life to be yours. I don't want to leave here today and check you at the door. I want you in my life. And so lovingly, I challenge you today. I challenge you simply with this. Will you check God at the door only to pick him up again? Or will you allow his presence to be with you knowing that he is fully present always, everywhere? Let's pray. Father, we do come before you this morning. We've spoken about the fact that you are indeed a God who is omnipresent always fully present everywhere. And in that, Lord, that should bring great encouragement to our hearts. It should bring great comfort and peace to us, knowing indeed that there's no place that we go where you are not. 
but also it should be convicting to us, knowing that we can't go any place where you are not to hide from you. Father, you see it all. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yet in that, Lord, it's wonderful to know that in those moments, you are there and you are willing and ready to forgive because you have forgiven through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that we can come to you and ask for your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace is fully given and fully received when we cry out to you. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for you and who you are, what you have done, are doing, and will do in our lives according to the promises of Scripture. We do pray these things in your name, dear Jesus, and we ask it by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all God's children say, Amen.